Chapter Twenty Eight of Fifty Years a Detective Thirty Five Real Detective Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Fifty Years a Detective Thirty Five Real Detective Stories by Thomas Furlong. Chapter Twenty Eight Charlie Dalton, Outlaw spectacular arrest of this much-wanted man on a crowded st louis streetcar the arrest in st louis on the evening of march twelfth eighteen eighty eight of the notorious charlie dalton was accomplished in a rather unique yet sensational manner dalton had been scouting for a couple of years with a large reward offered by the state of texas and the missouri pacific railway hanging over his head Almost every sheriff, police officer, and detective in the country had his description, and were looking for him. The charge was murder, and the crime was committed during the 1886 strike on the Gould properties. On the afternoon of April 3, 1886, a freight train pulled out of Fort Worth, Texas, for New Orleans, Louisiana. Besides the regular crew, the train carried a number of guards— in charge of Jim Courtright, a noted Western officer, who had formerly been chief of police, sheriff, and deputy United States Marshal at Fort Worth. As the train neared the Fort Worth and New Orleans crossing, it was fired on by a gang of outlaws and cutthroats headed by Dalton, who were in ambush behind a pile of ties on the Missouri Pacific right-of-way. Two of the guards were killed outright, and several wounded, the crime created a great sensation throughout the entire country because of its dastardliness. The St. Louis Globe Democrat of April 13, 1886, editorially referred to it as the Fort Worth Massacre. Dalton and some of his gang were indicted by the grand jury, but when the officers began to hunt for them, they had disappeared. Circulars announcing the amount of the reward and giving a description of the men wanted were scattered almost broadcast over the United States, Canada, and Mexico. I received one of them, studied it carefully, and got into communication with the officers at Fort Worth. I had never seen Dalton, but I had seen his brother Jerry, who was connected with the track department of the Missouri Pacific Railroad in St. Louis, where he lived. I noticed a resemblance in the photo I had of Charlie to that of his brother, and had instructed my operatives to keep a sharp lookout for Charlie, as I had learned that his mother was then residing in Carondelet. In the latter part of February of 1888, one of my operatives reported that he had learned from a reliable source that the much-wanted man had been seen at his mother's home in Carondelet whereupon i took measures to have the premises watched i later learned that he had been making a practice of visiting the standard theatre nightly on learning this i arranged with the chief of police of st louis to detail a couple of his men to visit the standard theatre nightly where i should have one of my men who knew dalton on hand so that he might point him out to the officers and they were to arrest him these arrangements were all completed on the afternoon of March 12, 1888. At about six o'clock that evening, I left my office for home. I then lived at 2723 Walnut Street. 
and i walked to the corner of eighth and market streets where i boarded a horse car for home the car proceeded west and when we got to the corner of tenth and market streets two good-sized rough-looking young men ran to the rear end of the car and swung themselves onto the platform one of them lighting heavily on my right foot and hurting me very much his partner followed him and stood on the lower step this man who had tramped on my foot offered no apology for his rudeness and in fact paid no attention to me or the injury he had done but instead remarked to his partner that people ought to get out of the way when they saw a person wanting to catch a car his partner said charlie we can't stay out at jerry's but a few minutes as you know i've got tickets for the standard tonight and we must get there early to get good seats we won't stay out there only long enough to say good-bye as we leave town in the morning replied charlie while they were talking i took a good look at the man addressed as charlie and from the conversation and from the resemblance he had to his brother i concluded that the man thus addressed was charlie dalton i knew who jerry was and i saw the resemblance that charlie bore to him i also knew that the car would necessarily have to pass what was then known as the mounted police station located between twenty-seventh and twenty-eighth streets on market street and before reaching jerry's house and i decided that when we got in front of the station i would arrest mr dalton and lock him up there he was standing directly in front of me on the platform and had me crowded up against the rear dashboard he was a burly fellow considerably taller than i was and would weigh one hundred and seventy-five pounds having become satisfied that i had made no mistake in his identity i waited until we had arrived in front of the police station when i seized him by the coat collar with my left hand pulled the bell cord and after the car had slowed up i sprang to the ground taking dalton with me but as he struck the street he facing the car he fell on his back and i still holding on to his coat collar reached for his pistol which i was sure i would find and i was not disappointed for there it was in the waistband of his trousers and proved to be a forty-one colts dalton then made an attempt to rise but i took all the fight out of him by giving him a blow over the head with his own weapon what is this for he asked your name is charlie dalton and you're under arrest for murder i replied my name is charlie dalton all right by god partner he exclaimed i then took him by the collar and assisted him to his feet i took the prisoner over to the police station and had him locked up and later wired the fort worth authorities that i had arrested charlie dalton and he was being held by the police of st louis subject to their orders in due time i received a reply from the chief of police at fort worth requesting me to bring dalton to that city providing he would go without waiting for requisition papers dalton having already informed me that he would go to texas without requisition papers i left with him for fort worth the following evening on our arrival there the prisoner was lodged in jail and remained there a number of months without bond between the date of the crime and the arrest of the cutthroat a number of witnesses against him had died others had left the state and the result was that when his trial was called the state was unable to produce its evidence 
and the defendant was finally released from custody. While it is true that I was anxious to apprehend this outlaw for the Texas authorities, and had just finished making preparations to do so, should he visit the Standard Theatre that night, because of his known desperate character, and the further fact that he was accompanied by a big husky pal, I doubt that I would have attempted his arrest single-handed had it not been for the incidents enumerated. I know I would not have recognized him on this crowded car had not his rudeness attracted my attention especially to him. The remarks of his pal settled the question of his identity in my mind, and the pain in my foot and his insolence aroused my ire. The arrest followed, and it has a moral. People should be careful as to whose toes they trample on. End of chapter 28 Recording by John Brandon